The mission is too great. And the mission is not build something to give 50% to somebody else. I'm shutting up. That's the, it's, it's, so, it's only in hip-hop do we do this. Hey, I'm a magician. Right before your very eyes, I'm going to build some shit up and then hand it to you and walk away and ask you for it. No, 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 no. We're not the same. We're not the same. I left a show and that show is still airing. Hey, so the word of the day today is going to be ownership. Ownership, 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 and value. And uh, y'all just heard one of our biggest inspirations uh, speak just now. Uh, salute to Joe Budden. Shout out to Joe Budden. Um, but today, you know, we're, we're going to be discussing ownership. And I just want to start this off with love and positivity uh, there are a lot of people out there that are doing things, they're doing great things that are like-minded, just like us here at the TNT Podcast. So I want to start, you know, just with love. And I want to shout out to, um, you know, Michael Vaughn with the MDV movement. Uh, keep doing your thing, brother. We see you. Um, we see what you're trying to do. You know, keep up the hard work, bringing all these artists together. And Irving, uh, salute to you. Um, I want to shout out to... Jasmine Kendrick and Shannon Mosley over at the Tribe Podcast. Uh, yep. We see what y'all are doing over there. Uh, y'all keep up doing what y'all are doing. Y'all have great content. Um, I want to shout out to our guy, uh, Fidel, straight out of Jersey, uh, one of the best MCs that I've heard in Dallas. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, salute King and peace God. Um, I want to shout out to my guy, Eris Williams, uh, one of the best rappers in Irving that I know. Um, you know, I want to shout out to Anthony Borrego and the whole GTA vibe scheme movement. Uh, one of the one of the you know best rappers that I've heard again um, in our area. Um, and he's also Raquel's cousin. So, you know, keep pushing, keep doing what you're doing, King. Um, all of those people that I just mentioned have something in common with us here at the TNT podcast. And that is we refuse to follow the rules that have been set for us and when i say us i mean black people we know our value we know what what we can bring you know to, to any situation any situation that we get a part of anything that we touch anything that we do you know what i'm saying all those people including us we know the value that we bring so i wanted to to start this off with love and positivity there's a lot of things that's going on that 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 a lot of people are doing right now that's great and amazing. And, you know, we we're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing everything forward. And so I just want to welcome everybody to episode 28 of the TNT podcast, TNT, TNT, TNT. I am one half of the TNT podcast, Timothy, and I have my brother Talorian here with me. I'm going to let him introduce himself like he always does. Yes, sir. TNT, TNT, TNT is the other half of the TNT podcast is Talorian and uh. Yeah, man, let's get into it. I'm ready to talk about some stuff. Yes, we got we have a, you know, one of I want to say this is going to be a very, very important episode with, you know, the stuff that we had to talk about today. Uh, we're going to get to the Brandy and Monica thing. Uh, Big Sean, we got definitely got to talk about Big Sean. Of course, we're going to talk about Joe Budden. Um, but, you know, as we always start off, I just wanted to to, to see what the vibrations were. Uh, did you get into anything this weekend? Was there anything exciting that happened? over your way and you know what what's what's been going on with you uh yeah man just 
Um, yeah, been having a good weekend actually. Just been uh, you know, catching up with friends, uh, uh just hanging out with people. Uh some people are just like moving and stuff like that. So I've been trying to spend time with people I know that are leaving and stuff like that. So uh, you know, just kind of you know, with California, it's always uh hit or miss. It's like like it's still some fires going on, but you know, still trying to stay safe. And you know, corona and fires, so it's like you still gotta wear a mask, uh, certain places you go, but you know, been just staying to myself some days, hanging out with people, just you know, doing things in moderation. Um, no nah, man, I've been I've been good. I just I just been really chilling mostly, but uh yeah, I've been all right, bro. I've been I'm in a good headspace and all of that. But what about you? How's life on your side? Oh man, it's good. It's good. It's always good when you get to you get to celebrate another year of life. You know, birthday just passed. I'm 27 now. Three years yeah, away from 30. Yeah, happy birthday! Happy birthday for the TNT podcast. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate that. And yes, it's it's you know it's the month of the gods. You know what I'm saying? Your birthday is in a couple of days. My birthday just passed. You know, I'm three years away from 30. I'm getting older. We're getting up there. You know, things Ooh. are getting more you know more real. It's getting more serious. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's always good to celebrate another year of life. You know what I'm saying? Um, the other day, you know, for my birthday, I just, uh, you know, went out, you know, got some, got some good food, ate some seafood, uh, you know, spent time with my mom and, you know, spending time with loved ones. And that's what matters the most, you know, during this Corona time It's you know, we can't really do much, can't really go anywhere, but you know, it's, it's all good. You know, as long as we get to, to spend time with the people that, that matter to us the most, that's what matters. So, you know, I want to shout out to my fiance, uh, Raquel. I love you. Um, shout out to my mom, Lisa. Love you. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to, to everybody that's uh, that's got a birthday this month. You know, I feel like Virgos, you know, I'm not actually, as a matter of fact, I'm not really into the astrology thing that much. Um, mm -hmm. I do know that I am a Virgo. I'm not really sure what that means. So you might have to school me on that because I ain't really up on that. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm just just surviving over here um, and can't wait to celebrate, you know, your birthday, um, another year of life for you as well. So uh, yeah, shout out to all the Virgos and everybody that has a birthday this month of September. For sure. For sure, man. Yeah. I think uh, Virgos are like, we're like uh, earth signs. So I actually can kind of see how that fits in with kind of like you and me in a sense. Uh, I, Cause when I think earth sign, I think like a earthy type person, almost like a conscious type person, but you know, I guess, I don't know if it applies to everybody, but you know, sometimes with the astrology thing, it kind of is like a hit or miss, but uh, yeah, I'm not super deep into the Zodiac signs and all of that, but you know, I feel like some stuff applies, some stuff kind of fits, but uh, but yeah, bro, happy birthday again and again, and uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a good month. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, I was gonna say, man, you might have to, you might have to school me because I don't know, I don't know what the like what the the major things are that involve a Virgo. You know what I'm saying? I wanna, I, I'm kind of curious now. I wanna know like a few things, so I might need to get schooled with that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, they they got some stuff. They got like um, they got different like astrology books, and and they got you know of course stuff on the internet that you can kind of look up as far as regular, but I know some stuff, but, um, I just, I know some of my favorite people are Virgos. Like, 
or artists wise, it's like I think Ludacris is a Virgo, Beyonce is a Virgo, Michael Jackson is a Virgo, uh, Kobe Bryant's a Virgo. Uh, who who else? I think Nas uh, is a Virgo. Nas is a Virgo. Yeah, Nas's birthday is coming. Yeah, so it's it's some it's some great people in the September end of August going into September Virgo season. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 what's up, man. Salute to salute to all the Virgos, man. I'm in I'm in good company. You know, Beyonce and Nas. I'm in. We're in, we're in good company. So yeah, yeah I might have to do my Googles, do my Googles in in regards to you know the the Virgo sign because I'm not I'm not really sure you know what I am or what that what that means. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh. I'm all good over here. I'm glad everything is all good with you. I'm glad you're in good health. You know, I'm in, I'm in good health. I hope everybody continues to stay in good health, uh, during these still trying times. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, good stuff to get to today. Uh, me and you did get to sit down and catch the Brandy and Monica battle and some records were broken with this battle. Yeah, man, and I saw where, um, because because one point two million people were watching on Instagram Live, but I, I'm I saw that in totality, I think it was like upwards of six million views, um, mm-hmm. just across all platforms, you know, YouTube and you know wherever people watch their stuff at. So mm-hmm. that to me is crazy that those two uh, that those two were able to do that, and that just goes to show, you know, the power of R and B and the power yeah, really. of you know to two black women coming together to not only, you know, kind of squash, you know, whatever differences that they may have had and, you know, come together and, and make this happen. Cause you know, I wasn't, you know, fully aware that, you know, Brandy and Monica had issues. I actually had to kind of dig a little deep into that to kind of see what the roots and where, and where that started from. And, mm-hmm. you know, it started, of course, as we've discussed on this TNT podcast several times before, you know, uh, the media and fans loving to see women pit against each other. So, you know, I saw that it, it may have came from comparisons. I believe that there was a record that Brandy had came out with and Monica named her album after the record and Monica was supposed to be on the record and she ended up not doing it. So I wasn't, I wasn't fully aware of the issues that they had with each other, but, um, yeah, it was great. It was great to see this and it was great to see them two come together. Now I did something that I did see um people saying was Monica's energy was kind of off. Now I didn't get that. Did you get that? Like like as far as the versus battle, like she her in the versus battle? Yeah, people were saying that her energy was kind of off. Like she didn't really want to be there. She wasn't really messing with Brandy. Like I didn't I didn't get that. I, I thought Ooh. that yeah, I thought Monica was very engaging. She was, uh, she she sung a lot of the records a cappella. She was dancing. I I didn't I didn't get that. Okay, I, I okay, I'm, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. Like I I can tell she enjoyed it, but yeah, I, it was parts of it that I was just like, uh, I was just like Brand. Uh, I was saying Brandy is more into it. It seemed like Monica is just like, let's do this. But I felt like it was another part of her that kind of didn't want to do it, um, because I'm I'm a huge fan of both of them, 
But I don't know. It, it seemed like I don't. From what I read, it seemed like Monica. I don't know if there's still an issue, but it seems like she's just kind of she messes with Brandy, but only to a certain extent. I I, I can tell they're not best friends, but I can definitely tell. I feel like there's some camaraderie there a little bit. Like you can tell. Yeah, I, 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 I could. I could. Yeah, yeah, and I guess maybe I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't reading the room, like I should have been. You know, reading the room. You know what I mean, um, I wasn't reading the room like I should have been, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily. Uh, I, I do agree with what you're saying as far as Brandy being a little bit more engaged. She's, you know, because Brandy, Brandy just gives off that 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 very calm, chill vibe. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't. She doesn't bring that, you know, that super high energy vibe. Mm-hmm. So she was more, she was more so chill to me, but she was also like engaged. And I thought, I thought that Monica was, was engaged, but I did see a couple of um, prior interviews that Monica did where she was kind of explaining that, you know, they kind of had to, they, cause they, I don't believe that they wanted to do this at first. Cause they actually behind the scenes, they've been, planning a brandy and monica thing for a while now and i think monica said that she didn't want to do it at first so this was supposed to happen a while back and we just mm-hmm. now got it um yeah. but you know i don't know I, I guess i'm just i'm 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 glad that it happened i i saw some stuff where uh i read that monica at one point almost knocked brandy's ass out like I think she had like punched her ass in the face or something like that. So I don't know, you know, what what it is. And I, I I think the the first thing that I saw was they did their performance together on the VMAs, like you know, twenty years ago or something like that. And there was a story that came out where they had gotten into a fight before they got on stage and performed together. So they they've been having issues for a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, it I'm is glad crazy. that. We- it's crazy because before this, I think they said they hadn't been in the same they hadn't been in the same room in like eight or nine years. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, I'm glad that they were able to come together and do this. Uh, let's let's break down some of these records. Uh, you you are the bigger Brandy fan, and this is no disrespect to Brandy, but I'm I'm Monica all day. Like I grew mm-hmm. up listening to Monica. I didn't really grow up listening to Brandy like that. So you're the bigger Brandy fan. So you're gonna have to. Uh, kind of tell me which records are Brandy's big because I know I know which which ones are the ones that I the ones that I know like I want to be down and um what was the the other record I think it was probably like full uh, moon probably yeah uh, full moon put it down um I'm familiar with those records but I'm I'm way more familiar with with Monica's with Monica's catalog. Than I am Brandy's, and you know Monica kind of opened it up big, you know, with with uh, everything to me. So at the beginning, and you know, we we actually watched this together. We watched this together. You uh, Facetime me, and we watched this together. So you are you already know I was on the phone looking at you like I don't know Talorian. You know what <laughs> I mean? You, you was telling me that Brandy, you know what I'm saying, might might clean her ass up, and uh, I don't think Monica got cleaned up at all, buddy. You know what? I I was okay. So I was totally wrong. Um, cause I guess in my mind I was thinking I was like, I know Monica got hits, 
But I was, I was like, does she got more hits than Brandy? And then maybe I was also going off of, uh, you know, that 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 title they give Brandy as like the vocal bible. And but when the battle started happening, I was just like, dang, I was sleeping on Monica. This is crazy. Like she was the song she was use the song she was using. I was just like, ooh, is Brandy gonna beat that song? Because it was like some songs I forgot about. And it was just like she would, they would drop a song, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And then, so it was almost like, uh, almost like hearing Monica for the first time again. But it's like I knew the songs, but I really forgot. I really did forget because uh, it would be like a song that Brandy would play. And I was like, dang, what is Monica going to play against that? And then Monica would play, and I was like, oh. Yeah, that might have won against. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was a crazy battle, cause the songs. I mean, honestly, if you play Brandy's greatest hits, cause she actually has a greatest hits album, it was almost like you was listening to that as far as uh, Brandy goes. Uh, you, I think, it was songs like "Angel in Disguise." I was like, what is she gonna play against that? And then you should have known better. Yeah. Yeah, shouldn't yeah, should have known better is a, a classic. I was just like, oh man. So yeah, yeah. she played should have known yeah. better against Angel in Disguise. So and even like when Brandy turned on Full Moon and then Monica plays So Gone. Oh it's So yeah. Gone is so hard, bro. Like that song is amazing. Yeah, and you know, Monica has Monica is definitely one of those R and B artists where she's She's a she's a great writer, you know her her mm. writing is is, is yeah. incredible, and I think when when you get into the R and B versus battles, I think that's one of those things where you kind of look at like you know the writing, and not so because I mean it it's the song in totality, but with R and B is is it's a different vibe. Like I think mm. when when you when we do rap versus battles, I think it's more so people are just waiting for who's going to turn on the the song that's that's crazier and more hype. But like when the R and B battles go down, it's like man, it's like we're listening to everything. We're listening to to what's being said on the song, to the vocals. We're listening to the to the beat. Like we're listening to everything. So yeah, yeah. And, and I don't I don't want to you know take anything away from Brandy because Brandy you know is is a great writer too. But for me, Monica is just he, she's just always been you know a great writer. And That's... you know uh, she she when she played. Um, why I love you so much, and uh, what was the record that she uh, sideline ho, and she played trust with Keisha Cole, man, man, that trust song, man, and uh, the trust she played trust against uh, Brandy, put that on everything. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember that round. I don't even remember us seeing that round. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I just um, remember, I just remember Monica won that one. Man, yeah, that's that's crazy. So for me, overall, I don't I don't want to get like you know because we we normally break down like you know the full battle, and I don't really want to spend way too much time on this battle. Uh, for me, I could definitely see how people say that this could have went either way, um, yeah. because I feel like you know Monica has a lot of huge records, and so does Brandy, but I feel like people who really, really like are really like R and B 
connoisseurs, they know brand like they know what brandy can do. And mm-hmm. you know, for people like me, who I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm an R and B connoisseur. I ain't I ain't gonna say that. I love R and B music, but I ain't gonna get up on here and say I'm an R and B connoisseur. I ain't gonna go that far. Um, I know I know the power of Monica. So I can see that, you know, I can see why people would say, you know, this, you know, Monica won or Brandy or, uh, you know, Brandy won or whatever the case may be. But I think, I think, uh, I think our culture won, to be honest. I was just about to say it, bro. I, I think it was just great for the culture. Like, we just need more battles like this. We need, honestly, I feel like a battle every month. Like, even after the coronavirus stuff ends and COVID-19, the COVID-19 stuff ends. I definitely feel like we just needed just period. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, the culture definitely won and, and salute to both Brandy and Monica. Those are Queens and you know, the fact that they were able to pull in 1.2 mil that that's a feat within itself. Mm. They broke all the records they did. They did the unthinkable. We, they had, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that 1.2 million people were on Instagram live watching and we were all, you know, watching the same thing at the same time. That, that thought, the thought of that is just, it's insane. And, you know, I just want to salute to both of them. It was a great battle. It was an amazing battle. Um, I don't, I, at the end of the day, I don't want to choose a winner. Um, I don't I love, I love, I love Monica, but Brandy is great too. And that B7 album that she just put out is, is amazing. It's Fine. incredible fire yeah it's incredible so anybody that haven't that hasn't checked out brandy's new album please go check that out i'm gonna definitely have to uh do some research and go back and listen to brandy's back catalog because i missed out on some stuff with brandy yeah, man go go back in the archives bro it's it's hard yeah uh, same I'm, I'm about to do the same with monica like i know monica music but i don't think i know it as deeply as i know brandy's but uh i'm probably gonna go back and just I might just see if I can go through Monica's discography and catalog and just maybe just start from the beginning and just be listening because I'm a fan. Like, I know a lot of her music, but it's like, I don't know if I've listened to multiple full-length albums by Monica. So, but uh, yeah, shout out to Brandy and Monica for real. That was amazing. Yeah, salute to to those queens right there. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to get off the versus battle just yet because Fifty Cent and Ti are still oh, at each other's neck <laughs> about this versus battle that I don't think is ever going to happen. But it's just so funny that they keep going back and forth because I think I saw a post the other day where Fifty Cent was saying that uh, Ti, because Ti is about to star in the show that's about to come on that that Fifty Cent has executive produced. And you know you can't you can't when it comes to the jokes you can't win with Fifty Cent man Fifty Cent well is 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 one of the funniest he's one <laughs> of the funniest um you know one of the funniest like entertainers uh, to me because he, he he'll you know what I'm saying he'll take it to you know yeah yeah and um, I saw where you know. 50 Cent was saying, you know, I, I did get Richard I trying. I did 10 million on two albums. You better, you know, you better get your shit straight trying to come battle me. And, you know, T.I. was basically and T.I. brought up a, a very valid point that I that I said previously on one of our episodes. where I said that 50 Cent is not going to just be able to beat T.I. in a versus battle with just get Richard I trying. It's, it's not going to you're not going to do it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, nah, it, nah, not just with that one album. 
he would have to use he would have to use songs from at least his first three albums, I would say. And I mean, because you know, some people consider well, actually, it is a classic. His first album is a classic. Some people consider his second album a classic, but some people don't even consider it a classic. It's just the fact that it sold like his first album sold like 10 plus million, and then his second album sold 10 plus million. And then, you know, by the time he got to the third album, uh, he had uh, he was trying to, you know, compete against Kanye to see who would sell more in that week or that day or whatever. And Kanye ended up winning. So it was like by his third album, he wasn't as big. So, and I just feel like T.I. just got a longer list of hits. So I don't know. That would, that would I don't know if 50 Cent got bigger hits and but T.I. got more hits. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I definitely, I definitely think that. Well, let me just say this. So Get Rich or Die Trying is 100% a classic. That is a classic yeah. album. The Massacre is not a classic. The Massacre is not a classic hip-hop album. And I think that 50 Cent definitely does have bigger hits than T.I., 100%. Like, if you think about In the Club, if you think about uh, P.I.M.P. 21 um, Questions. 21 Questions. Yes, 21 Questions. Candy Shop. Many. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Many men, but I, I don't think that the reason why I say the first album is because I feel like Get Rich or Die Trying is where most of his firepower is going to come from, and mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to kill T.I. with just that one album, because while mm-hmm. we're sitting here saying that 50 Cent has all those big hits, you know, T.I. has What You Know and Live Your Life with Rihanna and uh, you don't know me, like so. Ti has a lot of stuff that he can that he can throw back at Fifty Cent, and then once Fifty Cent is kind of out of stuff to use from Get Rich or Die Trying, he's still gonna have stuff left. But I feel like Ti, not only does he have a longer catalog of hits, but he also has. You have to realize when these versus battles happen that features are important. Yes, features are important. So the fact that Ti can reach into a feature bag. Yes, sir. is, you know, something that I feel like he has one up on 50 Cent. So and this is no disrespect to 50 Cent because 50 Cent is a legend. He's a god. Mm-hmm. What he's done is incredible. But I personally, I'm just going to come out and say it on TNT podcast. I don't think that 50 Cent is beating T.I. in a versus battle at all. At all. I agree. I agree 100 percent. Like I was saying, yeah, I feel like 50 Cent got some bigger hits, but T.I. got more. So, yeah. And, and then, yeah, the feature the feature bag and so once he dig in the feature bag it's pretty much over yeah man ti has a lot of has a lot of stuff and it might just be the fan of me because ti was my favorite rapper at one point uh before you know because i feel like when we were young we all we all kind of had the same like favorite rappers you know what i'm saying at one point everybody thought that lil wayne was the goat right before that ti was the goat you know kanye Mm-hmm. You know, came in 04. I, I feel like, you know, we all, like, everybody in our generation can identify with, you know, having, you know, the same circle of favorite artists, either, you know, 50, Game, uh, Kanye, uh, T.I., you know what I'm saying, Jeezy, like, mm-hmm, yep. Gucci. Yep. Yeah, Gucci. Like, those were, those were all of the, all of the goats at that time. Yep. And so, 
you know, I, I, I mean, I would love to see a TI 50-cent battle, but again, I can't see 50 actually doing it. And I personally, again, think that 50 Cent is not – he's not coming out on top in the battle against T.I. I'm sorry. Nah, I don't see it either. I really don't. So, yeah, man, salute to uh, – again, salute to Monica and Brandy. Salute to 50 Cent and T.I. Hopefully it's just it, – with 50 Cent and T.I., hopefully it's just jokes with them two. Hopefully it doesn't turn into nothing serious because I don't want to see them two because they've always been cool. So I don't want to see them, you know, go anywhere. I always – it always brings me back to that. Um, I think it was it was Summer Jam. Uh, what year was that? I think it was Summer Jam 2006, if I'm not mistaken, when Hove, Kanye, T.I. were all on stage together performing and 50 Cent was in the crowd, I think. Uh, I don't know if it was Summer Jam, but 50 Cent was in the crowd and he ended up getting on stage and Jay-Z tried to literally stop him and, like, push him off the stage. And, <laughs> oh, and it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And T.I. was like, no, nah, let him stay. Let him stay. Like, let him – this is great. Like, we're all – all of us on the stage together. This is great. And Jay was like, I ain't fucking with this. So Jay, like, he he literally turned around and he, he left the stage because Jay was like, I ain't – nah, like, I ain't rocking. So – Wow. Yeah, I just thought that that clip always – Makes me laugh. And I don't even know why I even brought that up just now. I'm thinking, I guess because of the, you know, the the, the friendship that T.I. and 50 have. But, you know, salute to them. You know, I would like to see a versus battle between them. Um, I can't wait to see whoever it is next that does a versus battle. I'm hoping that we can get another R&B um, like Mary J. Blige versus. So we have to get Mary J. Blige versus somebody, man. Yes, versus somebody. Bro. Yes, bro. Somebody, somebody step up because I know. I know for a fact that they've already like conversed with Mary J. Blige to get this to get this to happen. They're probably just trying to find the right person to do it. And I want somebody to step up and 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 you know, because Mary J. Blige's catalog is deep. It's deep. It's a long catalog, yes, sir. She got a long list of hits, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah you could you could give Mary J. Blige at least three greatest hits albums. Yes, she has man. that many. Yes, she has that. Many. And I, I believe everybody should know by now that you know I'm a I'm a Mary J. Blige, Sade, Erica Badu, Stan. Like those are the three. That's like the holy mecca of R. Well, and Sade is not really so much like traditional R and B, but just that 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 synthetic, you know, real soul, you know, calm soul yeah. sound that he has, man. Sade, Erica Badu, and, and Mary J. Blige. That's like my holy mecca of R&B to me. Oh, that's lit. That's, that's, that's a that's a that's a powerful holy mecca right there. Yeah, that's that's my that's my list right there. So yeah, somebody step up against against uh, Mary J. Blige, man. I know for a fact that Sade is not doing no verses because Sade is also on that list of people with Dr. Dre and Frank Ocean and MF Doom that I believe them niggas don't exist. <laughs> that's hilarious to me yeah electronica don't exist we already know how i feel about the sasquatch but uh yeah yeah man i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy i'm happy to see another versus battle let's let's get it going let's get it going um mm, for real but i hope they just keep this going bro forever i hope they can keep it going for a long time yeah man yeah um 
on in 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 um in other news with with music, I'll say, this year has not disappointed at all. We've every year I feel like I say this is the best year for music, and once again I'm having to say like I think this is. I'm not gonna say the best year for music, but this is this is one of the best years of music that we had that we've had in a long time. It's better than last year it's with great. all the stuff that's come out this year. It's great, you know. Um, I hit you, and I I texted you, and I was like, I put it in all caps because you know how excited I am. Elza is dropping an album on September 25th, and yes, Big sir. Sean just dropped his project, and this is really important because Detroit has shown the fuck out this year. We got a project at the beginning of the year from Royce to Allegory. Amazing, phenomenal project. Boldy James dropped an amazing, phenomenal project. We've mentioned it several times on this podcast with The Alchemist. He just got signed to Griselda. Mm -hmm. Salute to Boldy Boldy James. We got an album from Eminem, Music to be Murdered By, came out at the beginning of the year. We got an album from uh, Clear Soul Forces, their final album. That album is dope. If y'all haven't listened to that uh, album yet, go check it out. Big Sean just dropped his project. Um, Elzai, again, is dropping his project on September 25th. Detroit, man, look, I always say this all the time. Like, I I hate that, that, that I have to sound like I'm hating on Southern music because it's not, it's not what it is. And I'm not trying to, to make it sound like that at all. But for me, you know, it's, it's, it's New York East Coast MCs. And then right out, and this is just in terms of talent. I'm just talking about talent. That's it. I'm not talking about, you know, who had, you know, because the South has been running hip hop for a long time now. Don't do not get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. The South has been running hip hop for a long time. But in terms of talent and MCs, New York, it's they've got it. And then right after that, I'm putting Detroit because Detroit, man. Yeah, for Detroit, me, for me, it's it's probably New York. Probably Detroit, and then I don't know. It might be Chicago after Detroit, and then probably Philly. But I, I know, I know it's like the East Coast or like up north and like Midwest. It's like that hip hop is incredible. Yeah, we're for me. I I usually put like when I say East Coast, like Philly is East Coast, like Black yeah, Thought, yeah, yeah. Beans. Yeah. Beans, all them guys, you know, Meek. That's all like East Coast. Like that's East Coast music because Philly is Philly is like right next door to to, to uh, New York. So for me, that's that's East Coast hip hop to me. So I'm putting East Coast hip hop number one. Detroit is is coming right after that. Like Detroit for me is coming right after that because you got to think about the the level of, of 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 firepower that Detroit has. You know what I'm saying? They have Royce, they have M, they have Black Milk, they have Elzai. They have Guilty Simpson. They, you know, rest in peace to Jay Dilla, one of the greatest producers of all time. They have Marv One. They have Boldy James. They have insane, Detroit had insane. And shout out to motherfucking Cash Doll. Shout yes, out to motherfucking Cash. We're, yes, we're man. gonna get to Cash Doll. We're gonna get to how Cash Doll body. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Shout out to Cash Doll, man. But <laughs> yes, bro. Not yeah, not to be so long winded. Um, Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry. Big Sean finally dropped his uh, Detroit Two album, and um, I I thoroughly enjoyed this project. But I want to give some backstory because I feel like there's a lot of stuff, 
on this album that he's discussing that people may not have been familiar with because I watched the pull-up that he did with Joe Budden. Yes, sir. Um, year, uh, last year. And he explained in that interview where he was in his life and why it's been a long time since he's, since he's released music, you know, and just kind of where he's been. And this Detroit 2 album, it's it's been done. It's been done for a long time. Like in that interview with Joe Budden, he he said that the album was pretty much done. He was just finishing it up. And it was actually supposed to come out last year um, to coincide with his performance at Coachella. But for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And so, you know, he in that interview, you know, he was just explaining, you know, he that he was in a very, very dark place, you know, with all of the fame and success that he's that he's been able to obtain, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, it kind of it kind of put him in a place where he didn't, you know, he, he in the interview, there was even one point when he was saying that, you know, he was walking around everywhere with a gun, you know, he went and bought a gun and, you know, he was walking everywhere around with it because he was ready to use it. You know what I'm saying? He was ready to use it. And, and, and when I say use it, I mean like use it on somebody else, use it on himself. He was just ready to use it, period. And, you know, in the in the interview, he also explained how he, you know, he bought Slasher's old house um, and he moved in there. And, um, you know, he didn't really detail, you know, too much information in regards to his relationship with Janae Iko, But he tapped into that, you know, on um, on deep reverence. So we heard, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying we heard we heard what, what, what's been going on with them, too. So we're going to get to that. But. I feel like this album was a, a reflection of everything that he was talking to Joe Budden about in that interview. And, and it really kind of spilled out, you know, into this album. And I think that's what made this album as great as it is. And, you know, before we get into this, I just want to say too, uh, shout out to my guy, our guy, Fidel. Um, he, I had posted, I had put up a tweet on Twitter where, cause, cause I seen a lot of people saying that this album was trash and this album was ass. Like, you know, 13, 14 hours after it came out. And I had put up a tweet. Yeah, I had put up a tweet that said, I don't know what the hell y'all are listening to because this shit is fire. And I want to shout out to our guy Fidel because he responded to that and he said, there's no way that y'all should be able to to fully assess an album within 14 hours. And that is a fact. At all, bro. I, I need people to... Go back and listen again and again and again and again. That's bro, that's I'm still doing that with To Pimp a Butterfly, bro, by Kendrick. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I've listened to this Big Sean album about three or four times now, all the way through, and I still feel like there's a lot of stuff that I need to, to that I need to unpack. Yes, bro. and um. There's no way that you can that you can do a full assessment of an hour within 14 of an album within 14 hours after it's released. And, you know, all these people that that either, you know, like there's no way that you can tell if an album is a classic in 14 hours. You know what I'm saying? There's no way that you can tell if an album is trash in in 14 hours. So when we because we broke down a lot of albums here on the TNT podcast and when we break albums down, we're, we're just breaking down, you know, what what we've enjoyed. And what what you know things that we can relate to, you know, with the album and things like that. We're not here to 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 say, you know, if an album is a classic or if you know if it's trash or. Now I know, like when we did our future discussion, I said that I didn't like the album, but that was just that was just how I felt about the album. We're not we're not here to do a full assessment on 
you know, the musicality and, you know, breaking down each of the, 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 each sound and synth of a beat and all that kind of shit. Like, we're not, we're not doing that. Like, we're just here to discuss the content that's on the album. And there's a lot of, there's a hell of a lot of content on this shit. Because Big Sean, he, he came with it for real. He came with it. And that's why I said that we have entered phase three of Big Sean's career. I think this is phase three in terms of, you know, when Big Sean first got in the game, I said that his first album was I didn't like Big Sean's first album at all. Whoa, at all. I'm a, I'm and, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't like his I don't think I liked his first or his second album. And you know, for me, a lot of the times if I don't like a person's first or second album, I'd be like, dang, how am I gonna get into this artist? But sometimes that person will shock me. It literally I literally didn't become didn't become a fan until album number three facts that's dark sky paradise facts yeah i didn't i didn't like his first album at all his second album was okay dark sky paradise was the one where i felt like okay this guy this guy is here um and you know we we were entering and i feel like even that that point that was phase two yeah dark sky paradise was phase two of big sean's career and i want to break down what i mean when i say different phases so at the beginning of Big Sean's career, I felt like he, when when he put his album out, he was more so, and he explained this in the pull-up too, you know, he was saying that, you know, uh, he was saying how he worked with No ID and No ID was telling him, you know, you need a hit, you need a hit record, you know, and then My Last came out and Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay came out and then Ass with Nicki Minaj came out. And so I feel like his first album was more so, uh, it, it was kind of like how Drake was saying when he put out, um, thank me later that he was trying to chase you know just putting out a, a big album with a lot of big names on it and just kind of you know showing his his stardom like his star power mm-hmm. and i feel like that's what they were trying to do or kanye may have been trying to do at the time or maybe not even kanye somebody was trying to was trying to do that with big sean you know what i'm saying i think it was kind of similar in that situation and then his second album came out and you know his second album kind of had more rapidly rap stuff on it but you know, it still it still didn't didn't hit. You know what I'm saying? The second album still didn't hit. And then Dark Sky Paradise came out, and I feel like that's when Big Sean, Big Sean, maybe maybe he had more creative control. You know, maybe you know things that you know he had more say on things, and you know things started to kind of fall together. You know, kind of fall in place. And you know, Dark Sky Paradise is a dope album. And then. Yeah you know, um, I decided came out and I like, I decided, I think I decided is a dope album. He had, he had more personal stuff on that album than, you know, his previous first three albums. And I think that's the point where I was just like, okay, I think, I think we're at a different, big Sean is at a different point in his life. Yeah. And then this project comes and everything that I was saying, it's yeah. Like we're here. This, this is, this is phase three of big Sean's career. And I think now Big Sean's content is going to be different and it's going to be changed forever, like moving forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, man, I don't know what it was. Like, you know how we talking about you just can't say an album is a classic or whatever. But, man, I, I love the I love the growth on this album because I've legit had, like, you know, di- different arguments with people like, you know, I don't always want to compare rappers, but 
I would compare Big Sean with somebody else and I would be like, this rapper is better to me than Big Sean because it took me liking his third album to actually being a fan of him. And so, uh, but this Detroit album, I thought it was just like so much growth as an artist. I, I just felt like he was just, I don't know. He was just into, he was just in a bunch of different bags on this album. Um, he just he just gave us a whole nother side, and I was just like, "This is what I've been wanting to hear." And so, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I, I love I'm excited for Big Sean. Like, I feel like, I mean, hopefully this Corona stuff stops. But this, if he does, if he's able to do a tour, I if things get better and he and and people can tour and stuff, this might be. I don't know. This I almost feel like this album is just it's almost putting his career in a whole nother trajectory. Like, it's just, I don't know. This is a great album to me, but you know, like I, like I said, I got to listen to it again and again, but man, what I heard from what first two, three listens, I'm liking it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I love it. I think it's a, it's a, I love what I'm hearing. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I listened to it about three or four times and, there's a whole lot of content on here and y'all, y'all know me by now. I'm a content guy. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, when it comes to the music that I listen to, I want to know, like, what are you saying? What are you saying in your music? Like, I don't get me wrong. I love, you know, MCs and rappers who can just rapidly rap, rapidly rap. But at the end of the day, I want to know like, what, what is it that you're saying? What, it, what have you been going through in your life? You know, what's the, concept. you know, what are the goals on concept? What yeah. Is the concept of this, like, what are you what is your subject matter what are you what are your what is your main focus and the fact that it's named detroit is like you know you're gonna hear about detroit a lot you know you're gonna like you know people want they want you to get a feel for what that city is like and i gotta say after hearing this album i want to go to detroit actually that's always that's been one of the places like i was like i want to go to philly I want to go to Detroit. I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to those cities that like some of my favorite rappers are from. I want to try the food. I want to do. And I got that feel from this album. And especially, you know, hearing different people talk on the album, like Erica, Dave, Stevie Wonder. I was like, I want to go to Detroit. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I like how he, he he kept that on this project because uh, for the, you know he, the first Detroit uh, project was a mixtape and that that to me is a classic mixtape that Detroit Detroit yeah. one mixtape is a classic mixtape yes <clears throat> excuse me, um, that's a classic mixtape and he kept that that concept of them talking and and telling a story because he had that on the first project you know he had Snoop Dogg do a, a thing on there where he said stuff <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and a couple of other people, you know, came and did that on his on the first Detroit project as well. And so I like that he kept that going. And this album really sounded like it was it was like a part two of that project. And that's crazy because that was eight years ago when that mixtape came out. Man. And a lot of my a lot of my favorite records are on that Detroit uh, one mixtape. Higher is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roll Weed Time is on there. Finally Famous Over Everybody. He has. Um, What's the record with uh, Royce the 5'9 and Kendrick Lamar on it? Um, that shit is on there. I forgot the name of that song. I know exactly what song you're talking about. Yeah, he has J. Cole on there. So, yeah, that first Detroit mixtape is is a classic. And it, and it felt like this album 
you know, kind of picked up, you know, where that left off. And, um, yeah, man, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of amazing, great content on here. He, he took it to places where I've, I felt like I've been wanting to be trying to take it because I feel like you, you have some artists in the industry who are a part of a lot of amazing situations, you know, like on the record where he was, um, which is one of the, one of, one of the best records on the album to me, this one, this record, uh, guard, uh, guard your heart with Anderson pack and Wale mm-hmm. and, uh, his verse on deep reverence is ridiculous, but guard your heart with Anderson pack and Wale, where he was uh, talking about, uh, being conflicted where he was saying, you know, I'm, conf- I'm conflicted in regards to being friends with Pusha and being friends with Drake. I'm conflicted mm. in regards to, uh, that's intense. Being signed to, yeah. I'm conflicted in regards to being signed to Def Jam and being signed to good. You know, or, or not Def Jam, uh, Rock Rock Nation, and being signed to Good, because you know, of course, Jay and and Kanye are not in the same place, and so yeah, um, that's deep, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, he was able to to uh to to kind of to kind of tap into in, into some things that I was wanting from Big Sean for a long time, because where I was going with that was was there's a lot of artists that are in the industry who are part of a lot of these situations where i know for a fact that there's stories and stories and stories and stories for days that super fans like me want to know like i want to know these things same you know what i'm saying same like i want to know how you feel about being signed to good music and push T being the president at good music but you've done records with drake before that's what i want to know yeah man because that it's like being in the middle of that is crazy to me and i want to know the stories I want to know what. Yeah. I want to know, and I want to know if you're gonna pick a side or if you're not gonna pick a side. Like, just where you gonna like where you stand with that? Yeah, that's. I I always want to know about topics like that. Yeah, and and you know, artists like Big Sean, Drake, Cole, Kendrick, like they they have these kind of stories, and and this is what this is this is definitely what I wanted Big Sean to tap into, and I'm so happy that he did on this album. There's a, and there's don't get me there's a lot of that on this album. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of, you know, uh, we already discussed, uh, deep reverence. And I think that that deep reverence is a top three big Sean verse of his entire career. That's one of the Facts. best verses that I ever heard Facts. from big Sean. And I'm surprised that he let that one go as, as like the first, like the first record. I think that was the first record that we heard mm-hmm. in full from the album. And I'm surprised that he let that go. And and I know why. I know why he did that. You know what I'm saying? I know why Nipsey is there. I know why, you know, he decided to tap into that with Nipsey on the record. So I, I completely understand why he went there. But that deep reverence verse, you know, where he's talking about him and Janae losing the baby and, Man. you know, uh, even, even, even black people, you know, uh, fighting over the block. And, and, and that line where he was like, you know, y'all are fighting over land that that you don't even own and y'all don't even belong here and y'all need to do your research and, and figure out your roots and where you really came from. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of educating out here, man. It's a lot of educating. Yeah, and, man. He, he, I'm telling you, bro, he was in another bag because, like, I don't think... Because, like, talking about that, like, when he said that, people don't know that some people left the... Like, some Black people left the South and went to, like, Detroit, Michigan, and went to like Chicago, Illinois, because that was almost like another part where they could almost be more free, felt like. And it's like when he 
dabbles into that bag, it almost makes you think about where you remember when Kanye was like Harriet Tubman like freed the slaves, or he like she 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 didn't actually free the slaves, but she helped them to go like like work for white people or something like that. But I'm like, they were freed. It almost makes you think like when Big Sean is saying that, it's like like we were free, but you know, it's like we was we were still fighting over something we didn't own. And it's just like when he says stuff like that, you like, dang, Big Sean is almost in a whole nother stratosphere of subject matter. And like the things he's talking about. It's crazy. That's why I, I that's why I thought this album was so good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because there's a lot, there's a lot of that on here. There's a lot of a lot of, of moments on here where it made me feel like it, it seems like in the process of of creating this album, Big Sean went and got you know, the healing and, you know, even I posted, you know, I know y'all saw where I posted where he went and got knowledge itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And y'all already know, y'all already know how I feel about knowledge itself, God body. We've already discussed, you know, you know what I feel, how I feel about that. So it's peace, God vibes, you know, the big Sean on that, but you know, it's, it, it sounds like he went and got, you know, the healing and, you know, whatever he needed in order to, you know, tap into this, this new, this new thing side of his brain that he did on this album because this is this is a different Big Sean. That's why I say this is phase three of Big Sean's career because this is this is a different side of Big Sean that we've gotten in. You know, I knew I just knew because we've been talking about for a long time that we can't wait for a Big Sean project. And I just knew that this was gonna be mm-hmm. the one. I knew that this was gonna be the one. Yeah man this and, is this is it bro. Like I don't know like if other people if people don't like albums if they be like what's that album for Big Sean? This might end up being the one. Yeah, and even 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 looking at the track list, man, because you know we we talked about this before, man. Mm -hmm. Like you know we talk about long track lists. So when I saw it, I was like, ah shit, ah shit. This is twenty something songs. I don't know. I don't know about this. This was great. It was great. Yeah, man. The whole the whole way through, I enjoyed I enjoyed this project and. You know, on Deep Reverence, I know we talked about before, you know, he he addressed the thing with Kendrick. So we, we you know, that we do know that there was something there. I'm glad that they were able to pass that up. He was able to be mature, you know, to get him on the phone and call him and pass that up. So nothing, nothing goes on between those two. And, you know, there's we we have been cheated out of some of the some of the potentially some of the greatest beefs. We were cheated out of Big Sean and Kendrick. We were cheated out of Kendrick and Drake. We've been cheated out of some out of some beefs that could have been great. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I'm glad I'm glad that that they that they got that, you know, clear cuz I, I definitely want to hear Big Sean and Kendrick on a record together. Um I think that's going to be that's going to be dope. Um you know, the song Lucky Me was one of my favorite records on here because I love how the beat switches and mm-hmm. that was the record where he was talking about you know, he had the uh, the heart transplant, and at one point, the hospital didn't even want to help. And he was saying that the you know Detroit's medicine is weak. And man, like he he was he was on some shit on this album, man. He, he was deep, on some man. shit on this album. He got deep on this one, man. And you know, uh, Wolves featuring Post Malone. I like that song, Wolves, but I just didn't feel like Post Malone should have been there. Oh man, <laughs> is it because of, is it because you just don't like the way he sound on there? Or is it because of how you feel about Post Malone? You're right. You're right. 
Go ahead and call me out. I don't fuck with Post Malone. <laughs> I was just one. I was like, you know, because sometimes I could like, I could like a song that's, I could like a song where it's somebody that's on there. I don't like what they did, but I actually like what they said on the song. But it's just like, but then I know sometimes that can affect the way I feel about the song too. Sometimes. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a cool song. I just think that Post Malone shouldn't have been there. And, you know, I like how Big Sean did the little uh, I can't remember what sample he used on that song, but it's it was it was a dope it was a dope song. Uh, just, you know, Post Malone didn't, didn't need to be there. Um, Body Language with Janae Eichel sounded like the part two of Play No Games with Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like they literally just took Chris Brown off of there, changed the beat up a little bit and placed Janae, Janae Eichel on there. They kept Ty Dolla Sign on there. So it sounded like a part two of that. Um, it was a cool that, that was that was a cool record. I can't, um, I can't remember what song it was. Oh wait, was it called um, the the one song he used the the Michael Jackson Human Nature beat? That song is crazy. You talking about Dawn Life? Dawn with Wayne. Dawn Life. That was hard. That was hard. That song, yeah, that record is crazy. That record is, is fucking crazy. That was one of the ones, that was one of the visuals that I had saw um, of him rapping by the bridge and, you know, on the basketball court. I was like, I have to hear this record. And that was, he put that out, like the visual of that out, and we didn't even know that Wayne was on the record yet. So when Wayne came on there, I was just like, this is crazy. Because Wayne, Wayne snapped on that too. Yeah, he did. He did. And I mean, anytime... I'm gonna be honest. Anytime you you use the human nature sample, like it's it's like we had that conversation that one time when we were talking about some samples that you use, the song is just automatically fire. Like it doesn't even mm. matter like what you say on it, it's just automatically fire. Yeah, man. And to turn a human nature the human nature to a rap beat though is crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's one of the highlights of this album. That song is crazy. Um. Yep. Harder. Yeah, Harder Than My Demons was dope. Uh, everything That's Missing was one of my favorite moments on this album, too. Because any any time Dwele is on a song, because mm-hmm. Royce uses Dwele a lot. Fire. It's going to be fire. Yep. Fire. I'm a Dwele fan. He's in that neo yeah, realm of music. Yeah. Yeah, man. Salute to Dwele, man. He's dope. Uh, Guard Your Heart with Anderson Pack and Wale. We already talked about that. Wale snapped on that, on that, on his verse, too. I'm glad that Wale was on this album. Yes, um, I even liked the the respected record with Young Thug. I thought that was dope. And that was actually a really good record. Yep, I like Thug on there too. Yeah, that was. I'm telling you, bro. This this album is very consistent with good songs. Like, it's it's really it's a consistent album. Like you can put it in and see. That's my thing. I I think my thing is a full length project. I like a whole good body of work when I hear an album because you know I, I it's it's hard when it's like you're listening to an album and it's like three songs you like and you're just like man I don't really like this album but he gave us a good full body of work with like quality music and quality rapping like it's like the music sounds good like it's music it's musical and then he's rapping really great so and a lot of people can't do that they can't mix that together well some people can rap really good, but the the music just sounds okay. And then sometimes the music can sound good, like the beats and stuff, but the lyrics are just okay. But he he put it together well. Yeah, man. 
100%. And, you know, there there are a couple of songs on here that I could have done without. Like, I didn't really – I wasn't really messing with the Travis Scott record. Uh, I could have did without that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the the, rec- the second record that him and Janae Iko did together, that Time In, mm-hmm. that shit was corny. No, you know what's so funny? It, 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 it kind of goes back to that thing we were talking about, Future. It's like – it's that formula where everybody just – grabs Travis like to to make the song it's like the song in their mind could be like okay or it could even sound good but it's almost a thing where it's just they're almost making it the norms or like let me just put Travis on the album just because I don't know if that's what that was but I, I feel like people grab Travis just like for the formula Stimulus package. That's what it is. That's, that's stimulus package. Yeah, man. yeah, I wasn't messing with that song. I wasn't messing with that 2088 time in record. That song was corny because the singing that he was doing on there was terrible. That shit was terrible. <laughs> me, and, me and Raquel were listening to that record in the car and we were cracking the fuck up. I can see y'all looking at each other just like, what? Yes, we were cracking the fuck up because that that shit was hilarious. Oh my yeah. god! Um, Feed was dope. He was saying a lot of stuff on Feed. Oh, and the baddest. I didn't like that record either. He could have left that shit off of here. The bad. Oh, I remember that record. Yeah, that was okay. That was it. Yeah. Let's get to this goddamn Friday night cipher. Goddamn it! Oh, that to me, I was like, oh, okay. This this right here is crazy. This is cool. I love so the one thing that I was disappointed with, and and they did uh get on Twitter, uh Big Sean did get on Twitter and say that he's gonna he has some stuff in the works with Elzai, but Elzai should have been on this record 100 percent And the mm-hmm. lack the lack of Elzai, the lack of Elzai on that record kind of it was kind of weird to me that, that Elzai didn't make it on that. Um I don't know if maybe the timing just wasn't right or I don't know what it was, but I feel like Elzai should have been on that. Uh, but I am happy to say that he did say that uh, Big Sean did say that him and Elzai do have some work uh, together that's going to be coming out pretty soon. So I'm ready. You know, I don't know if that's going to be on Elzai's album. I don't know where that's going to be, but I'm I can't wait to hear that because that's going to be great. But uh, no, this Friday Night Lights cipher, man. Friday Night Lights. Why did I just say that? <laughs> uh, Friday Night Cipher was dope, and I really really like how. At first, when I first heard it, I was like, man, I don't like how the beat keeps changing, but I like the samples that they use. I like how they use the, uh, the you know, the push the clips uh, sample. And yeah. um, I really like how they uh, slowed down the uh, Jada Kiss and Styles P, We Gonna Make It. I thought that was dope. Yeah, yeah. I noticed they changed the beat. Because uh, you know what was so crazy about this song? Because on this song... You have so many, you have so many different rapping styles. It was almost like it was almost like they was it's almost like they were changing the beat to fit that rapper's style or something. Cause it seemed like yeah. they changed the beat up when they got to Eminem. Like like you just said, like yeah. they changed the beat up a few times. And because it was like at the beginning, you could hear like some like it was like a couple of them that was kind of like grimy type rappers. It was almost like they needed like you you can tell the like these rappers need hard beats. And it was like when it got to when it started getting like a few minutes in, it was just like, 
okay, we need to change the beat right here because this rapper needs this type of beat. Because the when it got to Eminem, it didn't sound as grimy. Like the beat didn't sound as grimy as it did in the beginning. Uh, you could just tell like there was a mix of different rappers. Because it was that song was what like nine minutes or something like that. Yeah, that was about nine minutes long. So yeah, it was that is practically a cipher for real. Like if if this was an actual video, you you would have yeah you would just see all these people just in a circle rapping. But yeah, you could tell they had to break it up to fit that rapper style. But I'm wondering how would it have been if it would have stayed one beat all the way consistently through? Maybe it wouldn't have been as good of a cypher. I don't know. Because it's almost like some rappers rap over a certain type of beat and there's just like some just, yeah, the beat has, I guess, the beat has to fit the rapper, I'm guessing. So I can kind of see. Or you could just be, you could just be like Rust of Five Nine, just be a goddamn animal and, and destroy anything. He he, and then and then this rappers like Royce that the beat could be fast or whatever beat, and he just gonna annihilate it every time. So, but yeah, I could see some rappers. It was just like, this is my type of beat. This is my type of beat, and I I, I see why they kind of broke it up like that. But but besides that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, it I I definitely enjoyed the song, and I just because I love it when you know you have artists like Big Sean who who are giving certain artists a look. Like I think I think uh it was dope that he put Forty Two Doug on there because Forty Two Doug does a lot of stuff with Lil Baby, and I like how he because for a long time I didn't even realize that Forty Two Doug was even from Detroit, so that that it was dope to to realize that. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, I fuck with T Grizzly. I loved, I love yeah. T Grizzly's music. So I that's what I see. That's what I was thinking about because I was like, rappers like T Grizzly and then Eminem. You'll be like, how does that work? And then when you hear the beat change up, because I don't think T Grizzly and Eminem rapped over the same type of beat, and so T Grizzly and Eminem have two different type of sounds, but they're from Detroit, so it's like. In a sense, you kind of see why you have to change the beat up, in a way. Yeah, and and you know, Boldy James was on that record. I was very very happy to see him on there. I was very happy to see uh, Boldy James and and Royce on a on a record again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was dope because uh, Royce Royce was was up on. Oh yeah, we talked about that on this podcast. How Boldy James opened up for Royce. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he was up on he was up on Boldy James early. So I I love to see that. Uh, motherfucking cast all man, snap cast all man, snap. Um, Royce had this line on his allegory album where he said, uh, what did he say? I think he said, if you, if you ask me, the best rapper out of Cardi B and Meg The Stallion is Cash Doll. I was like, oh damn, yep, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, Cash Doll, damn near, she damn near had the best verse on this record up until. Royce, Man. up until Royce, 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 Royce is a mom. As soon as I saw Royce on this track list, I was just like, uh, I need to pay attention to everybody else's verse because I already know what Royce is gonna do on this shit. And you know, this song made me made me realize something. Made me made me realize I had I had another epiphany. What was that? I'm fucking tired of Eminem. Oh God, bro! Why did I feel like? Why did I feel like I knew you were gonna say that? I'm so tired of Eminem because when when it, when it got to his verse, I literally rolled my eyes. I was like, 
here we go. He's just going to rhyme mad words. He's going to rhyme about mad shit that just ain't got nothing to do with nothing. And I'm just, I, and again, this is no, this was Eminem is one of the greatest MCs, one of the greatest wordsmiths, one of the greatest technical rappers of all fucking time. But right now, with where his career is going, because I mean, his career is about to be over with at, at this point. But he's been focusing on trying to show us that he can rap. And it's just like, we get it. Like, I get that you can rap. I get that you can rhyme mad words together. I get that you are one of the greatest MCs. Where is the content? Yeah. Where's the content? That's, that's what I was just about to say. Eminem just, he didn't went from just being a technical rapper in a sense of like the way that he raps more, more so than the actual content of what he's talking about. It's almost getting to, cause you know me, like you just said, like me and you, we are, we're content people. Like I love, like I love hearing somebody spit and like, I'm like, wow, you can rap. But then it's like, can you create an album around a whole concept? Like, can you give us content and concept and be introspective about that topic? Or that what you're going what's what's going on in that topic or that realm. But yeah, Eminem is just basically just rapping at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I really I almost turned this verse off because I was just like, I don't even want to hear this because I because I know you can rap. I know you can rap. And it's just he's just rhyming just like mad shit that just that's not about nothing. And yeah. again, it, it, it's no disrespect to Eminem. Yeah. But when when we make comparisons like where Nas is in his career now, like he's you can you can hear the growth. You can hear how like, you know, how he's grown as as a man and just everything is just different, you know, and I feel like Eminem is still trying to appeal to, you know, a certain fan base that may not necessarily care about the content that he used to once rap about a long time ago. He's still trying to cater to that fan base. And it's just like, come on, I know you can I know you can dig deeper. I know that you've been through more shit in your life that you can that you can talk about in your music and it's just like i don't know man and that's that's what i keep that's what i keep getting at i'm like i feel like eminem like i feel like eminem done been through some stuff like talk about the demons that you've been fighting in your life and your career like talk about i feel like he can get there and it's just like it's like he's not digging deep i feel like he's just like I'm rapping. I'm just going to rap. I'm going to mix words together. I'm going to say this. But it's like, no, like, dig deeper. Like, go, like, go get more introspective into your life. But it's almost like he's not wanting to rap about himself. Like, as far as his life, he's just wanting to rap just because, like, and, uh, yeah, that that's the thing. It's like, I want to hear, give us a story. Give us a Shoot, get give us a story about you and Royce or something. I don't know, man. I, I it's it's hard to explain. It's like give us a Detroit story or something. Shoot, maybe it would have been better if Eminem had like had a speaking part like Erica and Dave did about something that happened in Detroit or something. I don't know. It's just like I, I want to be. I want to hear Eminem get more introspective into his life. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of just rapping. The speed rapping and stuff. 
Yeah, because he he has he has don't get me wrong he has introspective records on like the music to be murdered by, but it's oh, yeah. it's stories that we've already heard before. It's about you know his how he hates his dad and how you know Kim did this and his mom didn't you know it's it's, it's stories that we've all heard before. So yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That but that but don't get me wrong. Um, M is still he's still a goat. He's still one of the greatest MCs of all time. But when I heard. His verse, I I rolled my eyes and I was damn near just ready to go to the next record at that point. Man. But no, um, Friday Night Cipher was definitely one of the highlights of this album. This man, overall, it's, it's a dope album, man. I, I fuck with this album. I'm definitely gonna continue to listen to it. Uh, it's gonna be heavy in rotation. Uh, so far, um, this, you know, I, I can definitely see me playing this as much as I played Dark Sky Paradise, 100. percent Facts, same. So yeah, man. Salute, salute to Big Sean, man. We've we've appreciated your growth, and you know we've appreciate we we appreciate you know where where you're at in your career right now. You know you it, it seems like you're you're about to to be in the same place as you know as your peers is where you should be. You know because a lot of people put Big Sean that in that top two tier, you know, and he should be in that in that top tier of MC. So. I feel like, you know, th- this is a, we're, we're at a point in his career where he's finally about to get that. And, you know, I just want to say, man, salute to Big Sean. Salute to everybody that worked on the album. Salute to everybody that's on the album. If you haven't listened to this album yet, please go check it out. Uh, it's called Detroit 2. Uh, and if you haven't heard Detroit uh, 1, go check out Detroit 1. You know what I'm saying? That's, that was a very, very dope mixtape, too. I feel like that was that had a lot of uh, Big Sean's best raps on there. So definitely go check out that Detroit 1 uh, mixtape as well. Yes, sir. But yeah, man. Um, a lot of what um, Big Sean was talking about on his album, you know, he did he did discuss ownership. You know, on the album, you know, on the on the record with uh, with Diddy, which was one of my favorite songs on the album too. Full Circle. You know, mm-hmm. he was talking about you know um, his dealings with Diddy and, and things like that. He was talking about you know ownership and stuff like that. And at the beginning of this podcast, I did say that the word of the day was ownership, 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 ownership. Um, you know, with what what we're trying to do in this podcast space, you know, we had a conversation about Joe Rogan a couple of a couple of episodes back in his deal with Spotify. Um, I thought it was very, very important for us to discuss this Joe Budden situation with Spotify. You know, he you know, mm-hmm. I sent you a clip of where he was, uh, you know, kind of talking about, you know, why he's no longer going to be on Spotify and, mm-hmm. you know, where is where he might go and uh, things like that. He said he had a conversation with Hove and, you know, he tried to get some information from Hove and, you know, he was trying to, you know, just trying to, trying to, trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And he went over to Spotify because podcasting is, is a new territory. You know, you know, corporations haven't necessarily figured out podcasting as of yet. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is something that's brand new. This is something that, you know, um, hasn't really been perfected yet. And, you know, Joe Budden being one of our many inspirations here at the TNT podcast is 100 percent one of the pioneers of this whole podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. And I say that with confidence. Yes, for sure. And ownership and value are very, very important when it comes to what me and you are trying to do because 
we have to know all of us, all of us African-Americans have to know what we bring to the table when it comes to entertainment, you know, when it comes to our culture, when it comes to pretty much everything, everything that, that we do and everything that we touch, we add value to it. Yes. And for sure. It really, really pained me to see Charlemagne's take on this, you Mm -hmm. know, because Charlemagne is somebody that I look up to. I'm pretty sure you probably look up to Charlemagne in some way, shape or form. Yes, sir. Charlemagne Charlemagne is, is someone that I look at as an Asiatic black God. And I feel like with the stuff that he talks about, if any, if anybody was going to understand Joe Button, it should have been Charlemagne. Yeah. And it really, it really pains me to see, you know, Joe Button on his podcast, you know, talking about his phone call with Charlemagne and Charlemagne got irate over the phone and was saying, you know, I think you're kind of stupid and all this. And when I, when I saw that, you know what I'm saying? That, that hurt. It you know did, what I'm saying? That man. hurt because it did. That hurt because I feel like Charlemagne and Joe are one and the same. And I feel like they're fighting the same fight. Yeah. And, you know, Joe's stance on this, to me, I, I, full, I fully agree. I fully stand by Rory, Joe, and Maul. And I fully understand why they didn't decide to move forward with Spotify. Yeah. Because Spotify picked them up and didn't know that they were going to do what they were going to do. Joe Button's podcast has been the number one podcast for a year. He brings in a million listens every month. Man. Every month. Man. Oh so man. this is crazy, bro. When, when you, when you do that, right. When you, when you, cause I, cause I can only imagine how much money, they've put into, into Spotify's pockets and you, you turn around and you say, well, you, you can, we, we can negotiate, you know, a new contract, but we want, we want everything. We want a hundred percent of everything or not, maybe not a hundred percent. I ain't going to sit here and say, cause I'm not going to sit here and, 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 you know, try to sound like I know what was in their contract because I don't, but I'm assuming when Joe was saying that they wanted a piece of everything that they wanted more than just a piece of everything. Exactly. I'll just say it like that. They exactly. wanted more than just a piece of everything. Yeah. Yeah. You, you put that in the perfect, you put that in perfect words for real. Yeah. I, I, I get and, exactly what he meant by that. And so to me, it's a slap in the face. And the reason why I say this is because this is what we're we're trying to do with this podcast. You know what I'm saying? At the beginning when I said we're not going to follow the rules, all those people that I have mentioned that are that are that you know that have something in common with us. We're not we're not here to to follow the rules that have been set for us. So when Joe Budden says that we've made you guys millions, maybe even billions of dollars and you turn around and you want ownership of what I've built because Joe Budden built the Joe Budden podcast. Exactly. He built that his, that's his baby. He owns that. You turn around and we, after we've made you all this money and you want, you want to own what I own. 
this is an example of what we're talking about when we try to tell y'all that oppression and systematic oppression is still a thing in 2020. They're literally trying to tell us what we can and cannot do with our creations. It's insane, bro. And what Joe is trying to say, he knows what value he brings to Spotify. So why can't he just get what he brings to Spotify? Yeah, man. That's all we're asking. Because honestly, bro, I don't know, you know, like with Joe Rogan, I don't know. I don't know a black person that signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. No, no, there's not one. Exactly. There's not one. I, I like. We don't get deals like that. That's crazy. So for me, I understand why Joe is fighting the good fight. You know, a lot of people, and, and this even goes, this even goes back to everyday struggle. This goes back to everyday struggle. Everyday struggle was created by DJ academics and Joe button. Mm-hmm. You have to really put things into perspective. Everyday struggle is still on. It's still going. And Joe button is, 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 is a creator of that show and it's still going without him. Yep. Without him. And he's not getting a penny from it, which he explained this in the clip. He explained this in the clip. And you know, a lot of people are probably wondering, you know, where we're going with this. I wanted to talk about this because I feel like there's a lot of people that are in our position, a lot of black people that are in our, that are in our position that are creating and creating and creating, bringing value, bringing value, bringing value and taking pennies Man. for their creations. Man, bro, we and, I feel like we've been taking that ill for such a long talk, like such a long time like it's like all these great creations by black people, but we getting pennies when we should be getting dollars. It's like, man. I read something the other day where it broke down the music industry, right? Oof. I'm terrified the music- to, read, to read that, which whatever you just probably read. It It said that we all know, we are all aware, nobody's oblivious. We all know that hip-hop is the most popular genre on earth. Bro. Right. Bro. I think they right. said, bill- I think they said hip-hop is a billion, or did they even, did they say trillion dollar industry? I can't even remember. I think they said it's in the billions, I think. It's a billion dollar industry where they say we don't have nothing from it. Like we don't have yes. like like a hospital. We don't have schools that came from hip hop artists. Yeah. So yeah, hip hop is is the most popular genre on earth, wow. and it's made as much money as you just said. And we don't even have ten percent of that. That is oh my. We don't even. Have- oh my god, bro. Because because. My mind always goes to Black Wall Street, and it always it makes me think about, you know, Black Wall Street had, and it was all like it was by black people, so it was hospitals, movie theaters, bus lines, every it was all it was created by black people. It was like 
hospitals, theaters, uh, bus lines, schools. Uh, it was just like all everything black, banks, everything. And you telling me we don't own 10% of that and we don't have schools or hospitals that are by black people from hip hop? That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's insane. And, you know, Joe, Joe is just trying to to get to a to, to get people to understand that this is not going to change and the rules are not going to change unless we say the rules are going to change because we are the ones that are making all these corporations, all this money. And they're still telling us what we can and can't do at the end of the day. But they're benefiting off of our creations and our things words. that things they're, they're benefiting off of us talking our words, our doing yes. actual physical manual labor. Yes, this is this is a fact. And this is why it pained me when Charlemagne didn't quite because I understand Charlemagne's stance. I get what he's trying to say. He's trying to tell Joe that, you know, um, you because I think what what Joe was saying was he was breaking down a lot of the a lot of the, the things over at Spotify that are getting, you know, a lot of money. They, they have like um, like podcast channels on Spotify where you can go down a list of different, you know, shows that are on Spotify and listen. And they're all like top 10, top five, whatever the case may be. And what Charlemagne was saying was the reason why you're not getting that is because you're just one, like you just have one show and that you, you only have one number one show. Right. Mm-hmm. And you should, you, you can't compare your show to, you know, other, I can't remember the name, the names of the other um, shows that they were, that they were talking about, but Joe, Charlemagne was just saying, you basically just have one show. Right. And you can't expect them to, you know, pay you, you know, what you're asking for. Or not even really what you're asking because I don't I don't even really think Joe is really asking for a specific number. I don't think he's saying, you know, I want this. But I think what it is is Joe knows what he brings to the table. He knows what he's worth. He knows what his podcast has done. And I think as a creator who basically pioneered this podcasting thing, he knows what he, what his podcast should be worth. Yeah, exactly. And he's getting he's not getting He's not getting what he deserves out of out of right. out of something he created. Yeah, it, it's just yeah, I get exactly what he, what he's saying. Right, and you know, I really I really wanted to bring this up because you know we we you know we we have our podcast on Spotify and you know we have our podcast on Apple and you know it 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 may come in the future where you know a deal needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, we know our value and we put ourselves in the, in the, in the best situation that we can, for you sure. know, um, sure. and, and that goes for all of us. That goes for everybody that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. Like we have to know, we have to know the value that we bring, you know what I'm saying? And I've said it several times on this podcast before, you know, we are the culture. We are the ones that dictate what's popular, what's hot, what's going on, what the, what the next uh, outfit is that's hot, what the next song is that's hot, what the next TV show is that's hot. We, we're we the ones that that make all that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, we're getting to a time where 
You know, people are tired of of following the rules. You know what I'm saying? We're tired of 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 just following these rules that have been set for for us. And it, it's it's 100 percent uh, systematic oppression. It's 100 percent that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's no there's no other way to put it. And you know the fact that Spotify was asking because do you know you you heard what he said in there? He said that they wanted to own whatever Rory has going on. They want to own whatever Mall has going on. That's they want to own Park has going on. They want the podcast. They want Joe Button's pull up, which is something that he went off and did on his own. Oh no! Nah, like this dude, is ridiculous. That, that's that's okay. That's that's getting insane to me. Like. Yeah, and it really, it really just, um, it really just goes to show, you know, what what they, what they think of us. You know, what I'm saying it really goes to show what they think of us. And you know, again, with with Charlemagne's response, you know, I really would have thought that Charlemagne would have understood where Joe Budden was coming from because, again, Charlemagne and Joe Budden are one and the same. Now, Charlemagne does work for you know, the breakfast club, which is through iHeart, they're on revolt. So he works for a corporation, but I would like to believe that at some point Charlemagne is going to detach from all of that and go and do his own thing. Cause Charlemagne has a big enough and a big enough platform to where, you know what I'm saying? He's going to be on his own at some point. I would like to think. I, I, I'm, so- I'm hoping because, Man, he's big enough because you know some people say they don't think he'll leave the Breakfast Club, but some people say they think he is the Breakfast Club. And then, uh, so you know, you just never know when it comes to Charlemagne. But uh, I think people are ready to see him venture out and just do his own thing, and just everybody support just him individually. I mean, people support him individually already but i think they're ready to see him start his own thing with youtube or a podcast or just something on his own because you know he has these books and stuff but i think people are ready to see him do something away from angela Yee and dj envy type of thing yeah and i mean he does have brilliant idiots so shout out to him and andrew schultz they still have their brilliant idiots podcast i mean i haven't you know, watched it in a while because I haven't seen him consistently upload episodes in a while. Maybe I'm just missing it. But, you know, he still has his podcast. So, I mean, he still has a lot of things that, that you know, um, fall back on. But I think, you know, what what Joe is trying to do, and it's it's crazy that, that you know, a lot of people use Joe as the poster boy for a one-hit wonder. You know, Pump It Up came out, and then after that, it was just kind of like, you know, whatever. But Joe Budden has constantly been able to reinvent himself, and he's really shown how brilliant his mind is, you know, because I remember when I first knew that Everyday Struggle was even going to be a thing. I was excited because I love debates, and I love that DJ Academic spoke for the for the younger generation, and Joe spoke for the older generation. Yeah. So that was something that I thought was amazing, and Joe – you know, had a, had a huge hand in, in creating that. And, you know, I was I was very, very sad whenever he ended up leaving the show because and it was for the same reason. You know, he left the show because they they didn't see the value. They didn't appreciate his value. They didn't see the value. Yep, exactly. They didn't see the value. And it really just sucks that, you know, you can leave a situation like that 
go to something that you've created, you know, get into the door of Spotify and then the same thing happens. The same exact thing happens. And, you know, he, he explained that, he, you know, they went to Spotify to to get information because, again, podcasting is a new territory. I don't think that the, the podcasting thing has been perfected yet. Yeah. You know, yeah, and people don't really know yet, you know, what the true potential of, you know, what the what the true potential is of a podcast. So. I just wanted to to quickly speak on that because, you know, we're we're in the podcasting field. And if we're going to continue with this, these are things that we need to know. We need to be able to get information when we need it. You know what I'm saying? We need to be able to learn from, you know, what Joe Budden has done. And me personally, I think that a lot of people were wondering why, you know, he went to Spotify at first because, you know, we were we were expecting them to go to title. We were expecting them to, to do a deal with Jay. Mm-hmm. at title for his podcast which i feel like that would have been great because title is black owned title mm-hmm. is something that was created by you know um you know a, a nigga that didn't have nothing at one point mm-hmm. and you know i feel like why why not go there but you know i don't know we don't as of right now we're not sure what exactly is going to happen or where his podcast is going to be at um if you if he decides to go independent and you know just do it on YouTube, I feel like YouTube is going to, you know, he's going to make a lot of money off of that. But I understand, I understand the fight that he's trying to, that he's trying to, um, you know, the fight that he's trying to fight here. So I just wanted to uh, salute to the Joe Budden podcast because I feel like without his platform and without what they've done, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Facts. 100%. At this level at this level. So, yes. Um Yeah, man, I just I just wanted to to quickly to quickly say that and, you know, everybody that that's a creator out there, man, whether you're a rapper, whether you're a podcaster, whether you're a, a movie director, I don't care what you are. We have to to understand our value and what we what we bring to the table because we dictate a lot of this shit, man. We dictate a lot of this shit. And Sometimes, you know, in, in Joe Budden's situation, a lot of people are viewing it as, you know, him being hard to work with or him being, you know, burning bridges or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, sometimes you have to do that in order to get to your destination. Yep. And I truly 100% believe that Joe Budden is going to get to his destination. I believe that Joe Budden is going to get to a place where, He's going to get that 50 million, 75 million, 100 million dollar deal. And we're all going to be sitting back, you know, wanting to slap ourselves because we were talking shit about how he was a one hit wonder. And now he's going to be sitting on 100 million. I 100 percent believe that is going to be Joe Budden's reality soon. Yeah, man. Because. Yes, 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 yes. Because with his podcast and what he's been able to do, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. And, you know. They keep they keep down Joe, bro. I, I keep saying he's he's gonna he's gonna shock some people. And uh it just shows you how much we value Joe and certain people value Joe and how much he values himself. Because um yeah, you just can't you just can't take the first the the first thing that comes along. Sometimes you gotta wait it out and you just gotta realize what your value is. So shout out to Joe, man. Shout out to the whole podcast, Rory, Maul, everybody, man. 
Yeah, man. We what you said, man. We we value Joe, and we know you're not listening, Joe Button, but we value you. We're inspired by you, and we 100% stand behind your fight and you know getting ownership and you know um just just getting what you're owed and you you've earned it you've put in the work you know your podcast is is one of the best podcasts as far as because you have to realize what other podcast is there out there where they're they're doing um like comedic commentary along with hip-hop commentary it's it's like all of the it's like the best um like you always say upper echelon it's like upper echelon hip-hop commentary is what it is because joe budden was in the industry as a rapper so he saw it firsthand rory is industry in some ways and then maul has relationships with rock nation you know what i'm saying so they're in and then Parks, of course, you know, he's worked on a lot of different projects for a lot of different rappers. So they're they're in the industry. They come from it. They know it. They live it. They breathe it. They know exactly what it is. And I feel like you can't really get any better than that unless, you know, because because you have to realize there are other rappers out there that do have podcasts, but there's not a lot of rappers that are able to to be unbiased and, and, and take it to where Joe Budden is going to take it. Cause Joe Budden is going to give you the 100% honesty all the time, every time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because Joe has taken wins and losses in the industry and he's going to be like, he, and that's why he acts. That's why even when he was on a um, everyday struggle and Yachty came on and he was asking about a 360 deal and Yachty was unsure about whatever. He's like, I want to know. He was like, I want to know what deal did you sign? He was like, because I was in the industry. I did this. So Joe is going to tell you from being like on a podcast, he's going to tell you what it is from the rapper rapper's perspective. And he's going to tell you from the podcast perspective. He's He knows the industry. He's taking like the wins and the losses in the industry. And he's going to tell you like what you just did. That's a loss. What you just did. That's a win. And so. That's why he I think that's why he has like one of the best podcasts, if not the best hip hop comedic commentary type of podcast out because it's just like that's what we're trying to get to. And he's gonna tell you, especially being a rapper, even though you know he's retired, it's like he's gonna tell you the rapper's perspective. And he's yeah, it's just perfect. And everybody's been in the industry, so they probably taking wins and losses outside of doing the podcast stuff so it's like they are going to tell you and yeah it's just it's amazing yeah yeah he's he's definitely somebody who has experience you know from from all on all levels he has experience you know he's he's done radio he's been an MC, mm-hmm. and now he's doing the media thing doing the podcast thing so he has experience from from everywhere and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to I want to salute to all of them, man. We are, you know, they they are they are the blueprint. Uh we're all trying to we're all inspired by them and you know, I feel like, you know, I'm big on on paying respects and I I stand with with Joe in his fight to uh get what he's worth. Um and to to get people to try to understand his value and what he brings to the table. So salute to them, man. Salute to them. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, salute to Big Sean. Salute to everybody that we discussed in this episode today. We just want to uh, let everybody know that, um, you know, take, take um, you know, the, the power is in your hands, man. The power is in your hands. Take ownership. Take the lead. Everybody, all the creators out there, I just want to shout out to everybody that's out there with a creative mind that's out there creating, that's trying to, you know, get something off of the ground. Um, you know, we support that here at the TNT podcast. And, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to change the rules. We're going to change the rules, man. Yeah, man, for sure. I just want to uh, shout out, um, you know, the tribe. Uh, shout out Philly. Shout out Sensei. Uh Shout out, man, just everybody creating uh the lore. Shout out 1845, uh, you know, Antonio, Jonathan, Darius, all of them, like the whole 1845 movement, alligator suitcases, all of that. And uh yeah, anybody that's just creating and just putting out content, putting out clothes, music, YouTube, uh, shout out Raquel, yeah, everybody, man, Ari, everybody. Um yeah, man. Just keep creating. Yeah, man. Uh, 100%. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to all those people that you just named. Definitely shout out to Jonathan and Antonio. It's 1845 all day over here. Yes, sir. Uh, 100%, man. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, and yeah. Yeah. We um, we appreciate y'all for continuing to listen to us. Um, and thank y'all for joining us on episode 20. What is this? 28 of the TNT podcast. Uh, we are going to be right back at you guys with another one. We got a lot of topics that we got to get into. It's a lot of bullshit that's been going on. Uh, we love y'all uh, and peace. Yes, sir. We out of here.